All right. Uh, so uh, welcome to the Para Siempre podcast. My name is Kevin Mendoza. I am the host, and uh, this is the podcast where we interview influential uh, and uh, hermanos that are doing amazing work um, in their communities as well. So today's guest is Angel Ariel Casas. Um, he's been uh, going through his own journey, uh, and I decided to reach out to him so we can kind of get an experience of what it's been like for you. So uh, Angel, kind of give us a little uh, background of who you are, a little, little bit of the fraternity, and then uh, we'll kind of jump into uh, asking you some questions. Yeah, sure thing. First off, pleasure to be here. Thanks for giving me the opportunity to share my story and share a little bit about me. I love what you're doing, Kev. I think this is great. And uh, I'm looking forward to inspiring and, and, you know, just touching a lot of lives, you know, through what we're doing over here. So, uh, like you said, uh, my name is Angel Casas. I, I pledged uh, spring 2012 uh, in Alpha Chapter for Cornell University. I went to Ithaca College. Um, what else? I mean, as far as like what I do uh, as a career, uh, I am an exercise physiologist. Uh, so essentially, I'm a trainer uh, with a little bit of uh, education. All right. So, uh, <laughs> um, as far as like what I specialize in, I specialize in uh, body transformations, uh, body composition transformations. So really changing the appearance of a person uh, when it comes to their fitness goals, whether that be weight loss or putting on muscle mass. And how I go about that is through the personalization of training programs and uh, nutrition plans. And basically what I do is that I try to nitpick and pinpoint exactly what that individual needs as far as their, you know, their calories, their dietary preferences, uh, how their body responds to uh, certain training modalities to really find the best uh, training uh, program uh, and plan of attack so that they can see maximum results. And I've been doing that for the last full time for like the last five years and it's been a blast. So I've helped a lot of models in the process too. My, my yeah, I know. Are my, are my best clients. They're, they're definitely the people who I love to work with the most because I know that I can push them to a, to a higher standard just because of what they've accomplished with the fraternity. Yeah, for sure. Um, and uh, really interestingly enough, I think you've, I, I've seen on, on your Instagram, uh, just kind of your journey to get to, you know, the business that you're doing now. So uh, talk a little bit about that too, right? Like you were kind of going down a very traditional path and then you decided to kind of follow your, your passion. For sure, for sure. So uh, I thought that I wanted to become a medical doctor. All right? I did what every uh, good son would want their parent to do, go to school, get good grades. Um, you know how it is you know, with, with being a Hispanic uh, you know, son to Hispanic parents. You know, they want you to either become a doctor or a lawyer. They, they put that pressure on you. Um, and that was the route that I went through. And uh, I ended up graduating, uh, fulfilling my pre-med requirements. I took a gap year to study for the MCAT did miserably the first time <laughs> it was not pretty took it a second time still didn't do that good but i did just a, like good enough to uh get an acceptance to one medical school uh, and i ultimately chose not to go uh, because i was absolutely miserable throughout the process and 
I think that I found out during that process, well, fast forward, let me just backtrack a little bit. Uh, while I was studying for the MCAT, I was simultaneously helping out uh, an hermano, I don't know if you know him, uh, Glenn Garcia, uh, who funny enough, he was actually in medical school as well. So I helped him, he reached out to me and he was like, hey Angel, I know that you're you know, into this training stuff, uh, can you give me some tips and advice and, and help me you know, lose some weight? And I was like, yeah, sure thing, bro. Um, so I, I made a program for him and uh, a nutrition plan and training program and all that good stuff. And you know, we checked in weekly, basically the same system that I do right now with my coaching uh, students. And we were able to lose around, I believe it was 50 or 60 pounds in about 20 weeks, which is pretty pretty amazing. And it was, it was the most rewarding thing that I think I've ever did in my life. And that was just kind of that golden moment for me where I realized that this is what I was meant to do. And so I never looked back. I, I sent an email uh, to that medical school said that I wasn't interested. Everybody thought that I was crazy. I announced it on social media too, back then. And um, everything worked out really well. I'm really glad that I did it. Yeah. And then for you, you'll, you obviously had to transition your business from maybe some of the in-person stuff that you were doing to virtual. So tell me about that. You know, it's, it, it's funny because I, I feel like I was one of the originators uh, of the online coaching system. Like I was doing it before it, it was cool, so to speak, or, or very popular. And I did it uh, primarily uh, for kind of selfish reasons, too. I was just so busy. Uh, studying for the MCAT that I didn't have time to individually help uh, people with their fitness goals in the gym with that one-on-one -on -one training system that was so popular at the moment. And what I found out is that the online coaching route was so much better, not just for me as a coach, I could not only help more people um, because I had to, I, I didn't have to commit so much time to each and every individual person so i could reach out to more people i could work with more people and help them reach their fitness goals but it was actually a lot more affordable for a lot of people because here's the catch 22 with, with personal training everybody says that they want that personal trainer in the gym working with them but most people can't afford it so i was like hey if i can come up with a system where i literally tell you exactly what you have to do you still have the guidance from me, you're still in communication with me so I can make sure that you're reaching your goals and I'm still coaching you, but I'm not physically there and you can pay a, a fraction of the price for that, everybody wins. You know, I, I think at a base level, if you don't have the motivation to go to the gym on your own, you're not gonna be successful either way, all right? You can't just depend on a trainer to, to get you there five days out of the week. Most people can't afford it and it's just not sustainable. So uh, I think that this system uh, was the most effective, most effective system, you know, honestly moving forward. Yeah, I think accountability is huge um, and people need that, especially if they're just starting their fitness journey. And obviously like whether it's in person or virtual, like that's always gonna help people like reach their goals versus just me trying to just go on my own and search stuff on on YouTube or, you know, just look at, you know, workouts on Instagram, like having structure, I think is, is uh, for sure a much better, uh, a more sustainable way to reach that goal. Absolutely. So, so, you know, a lot of people will look at you and say, you know, like, obviously you're fit, you know, 
and they're like, how, how can someone that looks fit get cancer? Like people would almost think like, that's not even a thing, right? Like you're working out every day, you know, uh, you look good, you know, you probably feel good. Um, so like, you know, can you kind of talk a little bit about that, about, you know, when you, when you kind of started, when you heard that you had cancer, what, what were you feeling? And then just like the, the thoughts that were going in your head. Man, that, that, that's so true, Kev. I mean, I was the last person that would have expected that I would have been diagnosed with cancer um, for the same reasons that you said. Like, part of the reason why it was so devastating and why it hurt so much for me to get diagnosed with that is because I've pretty much dedicated my whole life to living the healthiest lifestyle possible. Um, and to, to be diagnosed with such a de deadly disease that's associated with, you know, people, you know, eating unhealthy and living unhealthy lifestyles is, it was really, was really strong for me. Um, here's the thing. Cancer doesn't always happen because of lifestyle issues. Um, and I think that's a really big uh, misconception that needs to be put out there there's you know, like you don't get cancer because you're a bad person you know because you <laughs> you did all the wrong things necessarily you know sometimes you just have uh you don't have the best genetic card and that was my case you know uh testicular cancer in particular we're talking about i mean like a less than one percent chance you know the population that is affected by it and it's pretty much a, a genetic type of thing um so once I got, it, it was hard to accept it um, because I was assessing my life and I was like, man, like, where did I go wrong? But once I had an understanding of the disease and why it happened and, and you know, that this was something that was genetically based, it was a little bit easier to digest, you know, and really it became a, a situation where I, asked, where I told myself, okay, you know, if this is the situation, it's not what I like, but what can I do to better my situation, better my odds so that I can overcome this disease and come out on top. And um, so, so once you found out, once you figured that out, then kind of what, what was your, your mindset? What were the doctors telling you, you know, as you were going through the process of chemotherapy? So, man, that, that, uh, man, you're the first person who I'm talking about <laughs> in public about this. This is, this is great because I really want to put this out on the public. Like from the moment that I got diagnosed to when I started chemotherapy, like imagine that you get diagnosed, you get told that you have cancer. All right. You're in disbelief. Then like a week later, you get told that you have to get surgery in order to remove the tumor. And you've never had surgery before. So you're scared shitless. <laughs> and then on top of that, you get a CT scan and you realize that even though the tumor is removed, it's stage four and that it's spread to your liver, lungs, and lymph nodes on top of that. And then on top of that, imagine that a little bit later, you find out that you have to do 12 cycles of aggressive chemotherapy. And the doctor literally told me, good luck. <laughs> so all of that happened in a span of three weeks, back to back to back. Just imagine how impactful all of that was. Um, I'm not going to lie. It was very, very, very hard to take. It, it was almost as if 
it was just unreal. Like, like how could all this bad stuff be happening back to back to back? But um, one of the things that I'm proud of myself of is that despite how bad the news got every single time I got it for whatever update the doctor said, you know, that, that needed to be done. Um, I always told myself, Hey, it can always be worse. Hey, you're still alive, you know, right now. All right. There, there, there has to be something that you can do, you know, to better your odds, you know, it can always be worse. There's people who have it worse than you. There's people who are younger than you, you know, who, who get a worse stage cancer, you know, or worse, you know, diagnosis. So despite the bad news and, and the continuous um, cycle of it, I still stayed positive by having that mindset. Where do you think you got that, that positive, that kind of affirmation, you know, because once you typically hear that, you know, it's, it's just like, you're like, oh, well, it's kind of whatever the doctor says, whatever other people say, right? Um, so where, did, where do you feel like you got that, that strength from to stay positive? Man, I have no idea. <laughs> to be to be quite honest, I have no idea. I think I've learned it through just life experience. I've found out for myself just through the experience of my own life that whenever I've complained about something and just became a victim, nothing good ever came out of it. Even if I had all the right in the world to be upset and to be mad and to be victimized, no good ever came out of it. It wasn't until I started to change my mindset and be positive and say, hey, it can always be worse. You can always improve your situation, all right, that that things started to, to really improve in my life and take off. So I think I got a lot of that from my life experience, um, from my business experience as well. You learn that real quick as an entrepreneur that being a victim does not help you out at all, that you are in control. Uh, of your of your destiny and the way that your business unfolds. So I think a lot of that helped tremendously. And I think also my journey with fitness as well. I, I, I tell everybody, the whole reason why I'm alive is because of the lessons that I learned throughout my fitness journey. Fitness saved my life, straight up. It, it, it was because I learned how to fail, how to be disciplined with my nutrition, my workouts, do things when I didn't want to do them, that ultimately made me stronger, that I think that I'm here right now. Um, and so obviously like you, you were working out every, you know, pretty much every day, eating what you were eating. Uh, then you started going to chemo. What, what, what changed from your lifestyle? Man, I, uh, I want to say, so I was in complete panic mode when at the beginning of, of uh, chemotherapy and, and, and my cancer journey, so naturally, when you're in panic mode, you're, you're looking at all your options, but um, you jump into a lot of things, even though some of those things don't make complete sense, but they sound good. So I must have tried like three different diets <laughs> so going, into, going into this cancer thing, trying to improve my odds. And it wasn't so I started off doing a plant-based uh, vegan diet. Uh, it's called the Gerson therapy. Uh, it's a popular alternative cancer therapy um, that has been shown to help uh, cancer patients improve their diagnosis. Uh, my father is actually the one who put me on it. My father is a medical doctor in Dominican Republic. Um, while I was on it, I lost a whole bunch of weight. Um, 
it wasn't a good look for me. My body wasn't responding really well. So I had, so I hired, you know, I did my research and I hired a nutrition team to help me out. Um, that also focuses on, uh, cancer nutrition, um, but in a different direction. So I tried the things that they were recommending and my numbers still didn't improve uh, as far as my blood tumor markers. So I was like, all right, this is not working either. So I did more research, um, and I stumbled upon the ketogenic diet and, um, what the ketogenic diet promised was here's the whole thing. Here's how cancer pretty much works from a metabolic theory. There's a genetic theory of cancer and then there's a metabolic theory of cancer. So the genetic theory is sometimes people get cancer because they have bad genes. Totally true. But the metabolic theory of cancer that not a lot of people are like the medical community accepts is that about 80% of cancers develop because of dysfunctional mitochondria. All right, so not to get too sciencey into this, but um, mitochondria, so when the mitochondria becomes dysfunctional in a cancer cell, the cancer cell reverts to a very primitive system called uh, fermentation. And as a result, it tends to uh, consume a lot of glucose, all right? And that's how it spreads. So people eating a lot of carbohydrates and sugars can actually make their cancer diagnosis worse because of the way that that mechanism works with the tumor. So by hopping on the ketogenic diet and not consuming any carbohydrates, there is a theory that you can starve the cancer cells by not providing them with, uh, with, with carbohydrates. And then on top of that, adding the chemotherapy uh, can further kill them. So I tried that out. Uh, my numbers did improve. Um, and I think I think that it did help me out, you know, throughout this process. Interesting. And were you still working out during this time? I was. So after the surgery to remove the tumor, uh, I could not work out for about two to three weeks. And that was tough for me, naturally, you know, just being a, a workout junkie, just used to being able to, to push myself every single day. Um, when I got cleared to work out, I was in my first week of chemotherapy and I kid you not, Kev, the combination of being inactive made me more fragile on top of all the drugs that they were pumping me that were messing up, you know, my chem my body chemistry, man, like, like talk about something that was super discouraging. Talk about like, you imagine that you're coming from a place where like you can squat, you know, four or 500 pounds and that first week. I kid you not, man, like doing a couple, like 20 sit up, uh, 20 squats, body squats, just my body weight. That was tough. That was actually tough for me. So I literally had to start from the ground up. You know, I started off with basic shit, push-ups, squats, resistance bands, things of that nature. And I just built it up to the point where, you know, towards the end of my chemotherapy journey, I was back to squatting 400 pounds, even, even while I was getting my infusions. Oh, that's crazy. A lot of people wouldn't think like, oh, let me go, like, let me continue to work out the same way I was doing it before. Um, did people look at you like in the hospital differently than like other people? Cause you're like, you're, you're hitting weights. You're like doing all this other <laughs> stuff versus like a normal person. They're like, oh, they just go home, you know, get some rest and, you know, they come back for what they need and they go back home. I don't, I don't think that they, they uh, saw a cancer patient quite like me before. Uh, I, 
I literally, one of the proudest things that I can say throughout my cancer journey and chemotherapy process is that I not once ever missed a workout. Never. Through those 12 weeks, I always got my workouts in. I knew that the chemotherapy was going to usually, like to describe the feeling of what it feels like to get chemo, it feels like a, like a hangover, like times 10. That's how it feels like. That doesn't go away. You feel tired. You feel, you just feel shitty. And I knew that I would feel that way. So what I would do strategically is that I would get my workouts in right before my chemotherapy session. Cause I knew that I would have energy to do that. Um, and I not once missed a workout. So literally I'd be coming into these chemotherapy. I'd come into the hospital with my gym bag <laughs> and uh, they just look at me like, what is this guy doing? <laughs> like, like, Oh, that's why this guy was late for his appointment. Um, and also, uh, like I told you at the start of my journey, I was actually uh, a lot skinnier. I, I lost a lot of weight uh, because I was on this vegan diet that my body wasn't responding really well to. And because I wasn't exercising uh, throughout the whole chemotherapy process, I actually gained weight. I think I gained, uh, 27 pounds without, throughout the process and I'm back to my normal weight. So I think that was also an eye opener for a lot of people that, you know, that that's not the case. People normally lose a lot of weight during chemo. So I gained my weight back. I, I had my strength back. I don't think they, they encountered that for sure. And I mean, testicular cancer is different than like other cancers. This is right. That's like, there's different types of cancer, but like, um, you know, the chemotherapy that you were receiving. Uh, and I, I would imagine it's again, every cancer patient's different. So like, you know, you're very specific, right? Like yours was specifically testicular cancer. Mm -hmm. So uh, even the chemotherapy and everything that you were doing, um, I would imagine like probably someone else who has a different type of cancer might not necessarily be able to do what you did. Absolutely. Or, right? Absolutely. It, it's, it's definitely specific to uh, the drugs that you're being pumped with for sure. And the type of cancer and the staging for sure. But what I think that every single cancer patient could benefit from, um, is doing some type of activity. All right. You don't need to go into the gym and squat 400 pounds, but here's the thing. Almost all chemotherapy agents, the drugs, they have a catabolic effect on the body where it messes up the body chemistry to a point where you're losing a lot of your muscle mass. So you're losing a lot of muscle mass because of the drugs. And then on top of that, you feel so shitty that you don't want to move and you don't want to exercise. And that frailty makes you lose more muscle mass, more lean body tissue. So it's like this continuous cycle that happens. And that's why you see that drastic change where people lose so much weight. They look so weak uh, so one of the best things that you can do is getting in some resistance training, no matter if it's just push-ups, body squats, just doing what you can so you can stimulate that lean tissue to stay on there. Gotcha. That's really interesting. I don't, again, I don't think anyone thinks of exercising during something like something like that. People think they, they need rest or they just need to like go home and just, you know, not do anything. Um, so it's really interesting to kind of hear that from you, uh, having I just finished going through your chemotherapy. Um, sure. So you went, you went through 12 weeks of chemotherapy. Um, you know, did you have kind of ups and downs as you were going through that? Or did you feel pretty, 
optimistic as you were, obviously you tried the different diets, but did you feel pretty optimistic consistently as you were going to the doctor? Absolutely. I mean, um, I was, I, I checked my numbers every single week. I got blood work done every single week. So I was able to see uh, where the blood tumor markers were at every single week and see if they were decreasing. And every single week they did drastically. So that gave me, that was pretty much the reason that motivated me to go towards the ketogenic diet. Because when I was on the other two diets, my numbers kept on increasing and they didn't improve. And it's not until I jumped on the ketogenic diet and started doing everything that I was doing that the numbers went down. So that gave me a lot more reassurance for sure. And so what were you eating on a ketogenic diet during this time? Ketogenic diet is actually pretty enjoyable. It's pretty fun. Um, the only downfall is that you can't have carbohydrates. So it's a, it's a big commitment that you have to make. Um, if this is something that you want to do, uh, so you got to make that commitment, but on the ketogenic diet, it was fun. Uh, I got to eat, let me see, lots of avocado, uh, lots of oils. Uh, for those who don't know, the ketogenic diet is a diet that is composed of about 70 to 80% fat. So that's where most of your calories are coming from. Um, virtually you're eating no carbohydrates, just residual carbohydrates that you would get from like vegetables and, you know, sparingly from the foods that you eat. Uh, so you can't have any bread, you can't have any oatmeal, rice, any, no grains. Um, and then 10 to 15% that's left over comes from protein. So it's not a high protein diet, high fat diet, low carb diet. All right. That's Atkins. There's a big misconception. Keto is low to moderate protein, pretty much no carbohydrates, very high fat. So I was eating a lot of avocado, uh, lots of oils like olive oil, flaxseed oil, um, nuts, uh, almonds, walnuts. Uh, what else? Uh, fatty fish, egg yolks, uh, chicken, Sometimes I throw in some bacon, I get creative. It's a, it's a fun diet. It's very doable. Um, and the funny thing also is that, you know, the, the ketogenic diet is so misunderstood because you'll see people consuming bacon and consuming all these high fat foods. And you're like, man, that can't be good for you. But the body re responds very differently. The rules are different, so to speak, when you're running on a fat driven metabolism which is what you're on, on a ketogenic diet compared to when you're eating carbohydrates and your body runs on, on carbohydrates, all right? So there, there's a lot of misconceptions when it comes to, to the ketogenic diet, I think. Yeah, I definitely thought it was like all meat. <laughs> like no, no, that's all Atkins. meat. No, no, that's Atkins. And that's also, they, they got a new diet that came out called the carnivore diet. And it's like basically all meat, like not too much fiber. I don't know how I feel about that. <laughs> and, I, and, and I'm like, yo, like you're going to get a heart attack. I feel like eventually if that's all you eat, but yeah. I, don't know, I don't know anything, but um, interesting. Cool. I, I, that's very helpful. And again, this is just for people that I, I do think there's, um, you know, people that have, you know, our, our, our survivors, uh, you know, my, in the future have some type of diagnosis that's very similar. And so hearing this, I think is going to help them, you know, feel like, Hey, there's a chance. Um, and, uh, not a lot of people have your mindset where they feel like, Hey, like I can, I can conquer this. I can, you know, do the best that I can. I can't control everything else, but 
Um, so I think this is going to be really helpful. Um, I guess what's your, what's your like thoughts or advice for people that maybe, um, you know, have a diagnosis of, of cancer and, and, uh, you know, they're thinking like, Oh, like, what do I do next kind of thing? My best advice is that at the start of your journey, uh, if you get diagnosed with cancer, whatever, it doesn't have to be cancer. It can be whatever disease, whatever bad thing that happens to you. Come into it knowing that you are going to come out on top. For me, I, I made a firm decision. I said, listen, I don't care how hard this fight is. I know this is going to be the biggest battle of my life, but I just will not accept dying. I'm not going to accept becoming a victim of this disease. I will do everything in my power to push the odds into my favor. I can't afford to die. It's not my time right now. Um, making that mental decision is very strong because it keeps you resilient throughout the journey. And I think that's what, what helped me out a lot is just remembering that commitment that I had, that decision that I had with myself at the beginning that I had too much to lose. I couldn't die. Um, so that's number one. Uh, number two, obviously listening to your doctor, listening to the protocol that you have. Uh, so always going with the standard of care for sure, um, because that's what's been proven. But also don't be shy to look into other alternative resources uh, that are out there because you never know uh, what you can find that might be able to complement the standard of care that you're doing that can enhance your treatment. I think that if I would have just done chemotherapy and I would have not exercised, if I would have not focused on the ketogenic diet or any of these other ad adjuvant things, I don't think that my results would have been as good. So I think that it's always a good idea to maximize your resources as much as possible. I like that. Yeah. So you, you, you did your own research, you know, doctors didn't tell you, go do this research. You did it on your own. You decided to do it. You were testing things. Uh, and something wasn't working. You tried something else. Um, and uh, it ended up uh, in your eyes, helping you during, uh, during this journey, which is um, again, I don't know if that's something typical cancer patients also do. For sure. Um, cool, man. That was, you know, um, that was kind of a, a lot of what I wanted to talk about. Is there anything that you want to maybe say in terms of last words or things that you want, uh, maybe other stuff that you want to cover, but I think that was kind of everything that I wanted to make sure that people understood from, from this conversation was that, was that journey of yours and, you know, just your attitude, attitude after, you know, making it, making it and ringing that bell, which I saw on Instagram. Happiest moment of my life for sure. Um, man, any last words? Um, I think I pretty much put it all out there. Um, but I just want to emphasize that, fi that final point, anybody that's going through any tough time, all right, not just cancer, any disease, your rock bottom, you know, maybe you, whatever you lost your job, you're going through depression, what have you always realize that you have the power to change your destiny, even when it doesn't feel like it. I would encourage people to always realize that, get right with God, you know, find that spiritual side as well. That helped me out tremendously. Uh, I'll put it out here. You know, I've never really talked about this, um, 
but I never really bothered to entertain um, having a relationship with God and, and kind of searching that part of my life and having that faith in God and knowing that, you know, making the time to pray, asking others to pray for me and just rekindling that relationship, I think helped me out tremendously for sure. Um, so that's all that I got to say. And if people want to get in contact with you, what's like the best way uh, if they have any questions or they want to reach out? For sure. Uh, best way to contact me is my Instagram handle, which I'm sure that we'll, we'll be putting this out on at uh, 56 of weight underscore. Reach out to me, send me a DM, message me. I'd love to connect with you and help you out in, in any way I can. Awesome. And then for the hermanos that are listening to this, uh, if there's any other um hermanos that you think that we should interview on the podcast that you think are inspirational or influential and doing amazing work uh you guys can email me at kevin.mendoza at launidadlatina.org or just dm me at the para siempre podcast instagram all right uh para siempre para siempre let's see